Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. It's Christmas. If you want to know what happened that day in Bethlehem, it's easy to find in the Bible. But what was the result of the birth of Jesus? Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun. On Christmas Eve, I realize that we normally have more people than ever, and it's a more diverse crowd than usual, having a lot of cakey youth and adults. Merry Christmas to you all! The basic message tonight is that Jesus is for real. Everything that the ancients of old have predicted about a Messiah coming has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ as God, but also fully man as Jesus of Nazareth, born on Christmas Day. Now, I know this might be shocking to some of you that God came to earth, or to others it might be, oh yeah, yawn, same old, same old Christmas story, who cares? But if we really grapple with what it means that the Almighty God came to earth, that pure love, that pure aloha came down, it could give us a transforming charge like we've never had before. Actually, if you think about it, a lot about the Christian faith is an unexpected event that sometimes leads to fright or fear, but then to faith and friendship with God. I know this is Christmas, but if we were to go way back to Moses in the Old Testament, we might remember how God appeared to the shepherd Moses while he was watching his flock of sheep. God appeared through a burning bush that didn't seem to burn. And the Bible says that Moses was curious to see this bush that was just ablazing but wasn't burned up. But when he got near, he got scared and turned away. And when God saw him turn away, he went not just visual, but audiovisual, and said, Hey, you, Moses, in big, like, Bose speaker sound, Moses, like Divine Dolby, Moses, take off your slippers because you are on holy ground, for I am God. And the Bible says, Moses got scared. Ah! which is the only response a human should have seeing a burning bush that doesn't burn and talks to you and then tells you that this is God. The Bible says Moses then pulled his hoodie over his face in fear. Ah! Now, that's a shock, but it gets even more intense later as God starts to tell him, no worry, no worry, I mean no harm, but I have a mission for you, Moses. The Lord says, I want you to go to the Egyptian Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, free them from slavery. Moses says, yeah, right. Suppose they don't believe me or listen to me when I say the Lord appeared to me to tell you, let his people go. And God says, what's that in your hand? Oh, a staff, a stick, a long stick. God says, throw it down on the ground. And Moses throws it down, and it becomes a snake. And the Bible has this funny phrase that says, and I quote, Moses drew back from it. That's the video portion. The audio portion is, ah! That's the only reasonable response when a stick you've been holding has been turned to a snake. Then God says, pick it up, Moses. Pick up the snake. Whereupon Moses might have said, you have got to be kidding. It's not a rod. It's a hot rod. I'm not going to touch no stick, man. And God says, 
Moses, pick it up. And Moses is thinking, by the tail? Pick it up. Okay, okay, okay. So he picks it up, and it changes back into a staff. Now, fast forward to about nine months before Christmas. There's this dude named Zechariah, great name, who was a priest, and he is in a holy temple doing the normal stuff priests do, like offering incense. Uh, kids, incense is that sweet-smelling stuff that even churches use today as a symbol of the sweet fragrance of our prayers going up to God. Anyway, Zeke, he's all by himself, when suddenly an angel of the Lord appears standing at the right side of the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he said, Ah! Or as the Bible actually says, and I quote, He was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. Which to me means, Ah! The angel's name is Gabriel. Great name. If that is your name, or Gabriella, great name. Gabriel, the angel, tells old Zeke, don't be afraid. Hey, anytime you see in the Bible someone telling you not to be afraid, it means at that moment you're afraid. That's how it works. When someone says do not fear, it means you are fearful. Gabriel says, don't be afraid for your wife Elizabeth, who you thought couldn't bear a child, will actually bear a son named John. And John will later be known as a prophet named John the Baptist, who foretells that the Messiah is coming. And John is the cousin of Jesus. So he is saying, hashtag my cuz is the Christ. But get this, Zeke didn't believe the angel. So the angel told Zeke, okay, you don't believe me? Then for a while, you will not be able to talk. And Zeke went, ah! Oh, no, wait, he couldn't talk. So he hoarsely went, Man, I love reading the Bible to get all these real life detailed stories. Now, we're getting closer to the Christmas story. A teenager named Mary is all by herself when suddenly the old angel Gabriel appears again and says to Mary, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And Mary is perplexed and wondered, What does this supernatural appearance mean? And then Gabriel says the magic words, Don't be afraid, Mary. Which means, good chance, Mary was saying, Ah! I mean, if an angel instantly popped into your room, wouldn't you go, ah! And who knows what the angel looked like? Does an angel look like one of those Renaissance pictures where they are so tranquil and pale and often blonde? Some people actually see angels. And one person in our church has told me that she always sees an angel who guards me and he's really tall, like floor to ceiling tall, and he has many eyes and he has many swords to protect me. Now that would freak me out if I suddenly saw that pop into my room. Others say when angels appear on earth, they're normally really good looking. And I think when I have seen angels, they're really good-looking humans. But whether good-looking or not, I would freak out if suddenly they just, boom, appeared. But angels are part of the Christmas story. Gabriel went to Mary to tell her that God has a mission for you. You are to carry in you the Christ child, Jesus. 
And later, Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, sees Mary, and the baby John in her womb leaps with joy in being in the presence of Jesus. And Elizabeth tells Mary of this phenomenon. Now, fast forward to Christmas. Mary gives birth to baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Meanwhile, shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Interesting parallel, just like Moses was once watching his flock, maybe at night, when suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God shone around them. And what does the Bible say? Yep, you got it. The shepherds were terrified. It was a group. Ah! And an angel says the classic line, don't be afraid. The angel says, here's a complete quote, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And suddenly, there wasn't just one angel, but a huge choir of angels saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Love has come down. Pure love. Pure aloha. Unconditional love. We don't normally see pure love, unconditional love. The closest thing on earth might be my dogs, Max and Molly. Here's a picture of them. Aren't they cute? And here's a picture of just Molly. Dogs are always joyful. They always welcome me. They always forgive me when I do something dumb. They like to hang out with me. They kiss me all the time. They encourage me and make me feel warm. Even when Molly was taken by a nurse for surgery recently for a torn ACL, she gives the look. No worry, I still love you. Or is it, why are you leaving me? Now, right now, I know children are saying to their parents, listen to Pastor Dan, man. It's a sign from God. You need to get me a puppy. Whereupon you parents are saying, ah. Speaking of pure love, I've read a lot of near-death experience books about people who died and then got a glimpse of heaven and then came back because they were told it was not their time to leave earth. God had a mission for them. And consistently, they speak of the pure, unconditional love of the heavenly bodies and especially of Jesus when they see him in heaven. It's so wonderful that they wish they could stay there. Friends, this pure love has come to earth. God came to this earth in the purest, loving, human form of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing when people meet Jesus and how their lives change, they will do anything to sacrifice and follow him and know him better. People's hearts change. Their, their careers change. I remember when I first met Johnny Stevens, the executive pastor at Soul Survivor Church, that church we are most close to in the tiny town of Watford, England. They have helped us in so many ways. When I first met Johnny at Soul Survivor, I asked him, what did he do before he worked at the church? And he said he worked for Starbucks. That's great, I said, being encouraging. So where was your store? Was it here in Watford or in London or some other town? Where was your store? And he said, 
uh, actually, I was in charge of all the Starbucks stores in the United Kingdom, England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland. And I said, yeah, right. Yeah, well, bully for you. That's, that's great. Um, and then you came to Soul Survivor. He said, no, I worked in food service at Heathrow Airport. And still being dumb, I said, great. So you worked at one of the food concessions at the airport? I've been to Heathrow. Which restaurant? Maybe I've eaten there. And he responded, uh, I was in charge of all of the food concessions and the commercial side of the airport in all four terminals, as well as uh, the health and beauty stores. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I knew that. Good job. Good job. And, and then you came to work at this church in tiny Watford, England? And he said jokingly, yes, and for a lot less money. And then I saw Duncan Lazell, who left his own construction company that built large construction blocks in London. And he left that to join Soul Survivor to help run their programs, especially the big annual Soul Survivor festivals for youth that would gather 25,000 people over six weeks. Why would these two men leave their top executive jobs to work at a church? It's because they believe Jesus is real. And he really is God. He changed their lives. And once during a conference at Soul Survivor, I left one building to walk to another empty building to find a bathroom. And there I saw Johnny, the executive pastor, sweeping the floor and Duncan cleaning the stove and the ovens. The conference was in session, so no one else was there. Soul Survivor has 16 interns, it has a large staff, but the two top administrators of the church behind the scenes were cleaning the building after a large dinner. No task was too small for them or beneath them. I never forgot that. Servant hearts. You learn a lot about people when no one else is looking. And where did this servant heart come from? These two executives from the marketplace said it is because they serve a servant king. And to follow him, one has to be a servant. Sometimes you even see Johnny leading worship songs in those Soul Survivor worship videos we have in our Sunday services as they let us borrow some of their songs. For them, Jesus is real. He is worth following. He changed their hearts. He made them to be even more servant-like. He made them worshipers. You know, I first met Duncan Lazell outside the church sanctuary, which is actually a warehouse. A visiting young adult had collapsed at the front door, drunk, and looked like she was about to lose her cookies. And Duncan was there to take care of the young woman and make sure any mess was cleaned up. Servant hearts, modeled and made by a love for Jesus. Now, to follow Jesus doesn't mean you have to leave your jobs to work in a church. Most of our members remain in their jobs and see them as places they work out the love of God and spread it to others. Like Josh McFeely, who was an intern in our high school ministry and was wondering, should he work full-time in a church, but then decided instead to use his University of Hawaii architecture degree, and he's now designing stores for Apple all around the world. But he sees that as ministry to show the love of God to people. Everything we do as followers of Jesus, we want it to express the reality that love has come down. 
That is why when the golf course on our campus in Kaneohe closed just three months ago and we gained full access uh, to the land, we decided we shall use it to serve the community. Working with the Department of Land and Natural Resources to develop and improve our plans, we can imagineer and dream and possibly, maybe, use the land to join the state in its sustainability goals to provide more food for Hawaii, educate our people and the community in farming, offer a farm-to-table experience, have our own farmer's market on a Sunday, help grow, supply, and box fruit and vegetables to, for delivery for those in need, see horses and sheep eating our grass as our lawnmowers, have a walking and jogging park, have camping areas for family and friends, offer elementary and high schools to use our place for excursions to learn about God's creation, inspire young people and formerly incarcerated people to receive vocational training and, and get a college environmental sustainability or agriculture degree possibly from a university with whom we've been in conversation. Have our campus known for global green summits in the context of the creator who calls us to care for our earth, that we may go green for God and grow people emotionally, spiritually in new and innovative ways. And we hope to do some of these things because Jesus is real, the loving creator behind all creation care. And why is he real to us? It's because love came down. Love came down in its purest form when the angel said, For unto you, yes you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. It means love has come down. Love has touched down on earth. Pure aloha. My friend Kiha just got a copy of a Syriac Bible. And you know what their word for God is in the Bible? It's the word aloha. Can we live a life with aloha? Can we say, I will try to live a life of love. I will try to follow the God of love. I will try to learn to trust a loving God who has my best interests, who has come to earth to tell us, if you follow me, you will find more peace, more joy, and more hope. If we can use this Christmas season to grow more in that area, then it will not be a waste. But I know it's not easy to live in this new way. Even as the apostles, the followers of Jesus, got to live with him for three years, they still got scared at times. They were once caught in a storm in a lake, and so Jesus, who was on shore, walked on water to get to them, to help them. And the Bible says, they thought he was a ghost and were, here comes the word again, they were terrified. Ah! But then Jesus says, the classic line, take heart, it's I, don't be afraid. And he, when he gets into the boat with them, the storm ceases. How many of us watching this, we have spent years being terrified or not trusting God and want to control everything on our own. And Jesus is saying, you know, I can make a difference if you let me in your boat. Maybe the storm will stop, or if it doesn't, better to have me in your boat than not having me. When Jesus came back to life after being killed by people who doubted him, he tells his disciples, don't be afraid, because they were afraid. 
And one of his last messages to us in the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, what does Jesus say to us all? Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the living one, and that he controls both heaven and hell. So chill out and trust and follow me. You know, when we have those times in life when we want to scream, ah, it is just the reality that we're not in control. And it also means God is waiting to be asked to enter into our lives. I know we can be fearful, but there can be a point where we choose, we choose to give up those fears and trust a higher power whose name is actually Jesus. And he has been trying to communicate to us all our lives. And if you follow him, you'll never thirst again, for he is the living water. He is the bread of life, and you will never hunger again for love. Would you consider this year, in one of the toughest years of our lives, to fall into the arms of the Lord and to trust him, really trust him, to live a life of I shall not want? You've tried controlling your lives all this time, but can you trust him? I'm going to say a prayer in a moment. I'm going to ask you to think of one prayer you want God to answer this year. A prayer for health, perhaps, or economic relief, maybe for a frazzled relationship, or emotional support for depression, or anxiety, or grief. I believe that God will answer some of your prayers immediately, and some later. It happens every Christmas. As you may know, First Pres Honolulu has a Christmas Eve tradition of handing out satin rosebuds to everyone and asking everyone to think of a prayer that they want God to answer. Since we can't be together on Christmas Eve this year, we had to get a little creative. We mailed out postcards with a picture of satin rosebuds instead, along with um, my family's photo, I think. And if your prayer request for tonight doesn't get answered immediately, use that rose postcard as a reminder to keep praying to the Lord for your request. If you did not get a rose postcard, no worries. Uh, click the link in the chat and we will send you one. But when God answers your prayer in a way you understand, I want you to please let us know and there'll be instructions on the postcard or just email me or snail mail me a note telling me how the Lord answered your prayer. And when we get your note, we will add a rose to our Christmas rose wreath. We have received hundreds over the years, as you can see. It will boost the faith of others and will be your tribute to the God who is love and who we can all work towards trusting. And now, please join me in prayer, and I will pray that wherever you are, whatever time zone, the Holy Spirit is working through this prayer to you. If you have a prayer request for physical need, I'm going to ask you to put your hand on or near that area of your body that needs healing. And if it's an emotional need, please put your hand on your heart. Now, please join me for prayer. Lord, on this Christmas Eve, we pray first to thank you and, and praise you for coming to earth that we might experience real love, your love. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Just drench us, saturate us wherever people are right now in kitchens and living rooms and bedrooms and offices and maybe 
park cars at work or at home. And Lord, we have some requests. And you can hear them right now. But I pray in your name for this. I pray for health. Lord, there are some here right now who are experiencing migraines or some pain or stress in their knees or ankles or necks or their backs or their hands, maybe even carpal tunnel. Lord, in your name, I pray for healing. May their bodies be healed. There's some, Lord, here who are, who are battling a disease. Uh, maybe it's a blood disease. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's some form of the coronavirus. Lord, I pray for healing. In the name of Jesus, bodies be healed. Some may be having a terrible rash. I pray for healing for them. For hearing and seeing issues, I pray in your name for healing. There's some, Lord, who need the relief of economic stress. This is such a hard season for the whole world. I pray that something might break through, that they might be helped. I pray, pray for those who right now emotionally are feeling depressed. They're feeling a sense of despair, a sense of maybe even giving up. Maybe they're anxious. Maybe they're a little over-controlling. So I pray, Lord, that they might trust you and fall into your arms and let your Holy Spirit work in their lives and really seek your presence. I pray for those who desire comfort in the loss of a loved one. And I pray that you might give them comfort and strength and wisdom and hope in a new mission from you. There's some wondering, what is my call in life? And I pray that you might speak boldly in their souls and their ears that they might hear you. I pray, pray for those who might want to test the waters and follow you in faith and maybe some to actually say, okay, if you are who you say you are, then I'm in for the journey. I'm going to try this out. And I pray your Holy Spirit might enter into them right now and that decision they've made that they might seal that before you, Lord, and you might help them in that journey. They may feel you right with them, with your heavenly arms around them. And I pray for strength for all to endure the holy uncertainty of life right now and give up control to you and to trust you. And I pray these in Christ's name. Amen. You know, speaking of trust, have you ever been to one of those camps or retreats where you get into small groups and the leaders say, okay, one of you fall back and trust the others in your group behind you to catch you and keep you from harm. And I believe tonight might be this kind of a new journey for some of you. Imagine a person who is saying to God, I, I don't know what's right. I can't see straight. I keep questioning. I'm anxious. But guess what? Jesus is actually standing right behind that person saying, trust me fall on me with open arms and I will catch you and help you and fill you with my love and I will give you my light in times of darkness and my Holy Spirit will fall on you at that time. May we all have a faith that would trust God 
that if we fell or leaned on him, that he would be there for us. Well, what a day or night it has been. We have come together to say, Happy Birthday, Jesus, and to praise him and thank him and worship him. If you don't have a church, we would love to see you again next week. Go to our website and you will see four services where you can join us. Or on our website, you can see this service again. But before you leave, I would love to say a final Christmas blessing for you. So please receive this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his grace and countenance fall upon you. May his love fall upon you. And yes, the love of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you all, and Merry Christmas. God is love. When God gave his only Son, love came down as a gift from God to us. Now it's up to us to share that love with the world. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at The Vine in Kaka'ako, but during this COVID season, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11.11 for First Prez, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. for The Vine. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. If you have any questions or needs, you can always reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Stay safe and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.